there are legends round here, even if only in their own minds. Forgotten, but not dead. Some have tried to stop them, but they keep coming back, coming to entertain you. They are the Crystal Lake Soldiers. Welcome campers. This is a special edition of the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast. This is something that we're trying out to see about possibly doing future reviews for movies. Tonight, uh, we're discussing a movie that had a short limited run in theaters through Fathom Events. Uh, It's Rob Zombie's newest movie in the, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects series, titled Three from Hell. If you didn't get a chance to check it out, Obviously, the Blu-ray is coming out in October. Uh, Ted, when when is that coming out again? October 15th is the release date. Awesome. Perfect. So you have that to look forward to if you were wanting to see this. Uh, just to kind of start out, you know, about the movie. And actually, before we even get into that, how we're going to structure this review, because there's going to be two different versions of this review. There's going to be the spoiler-free version of the review, which will be a shorter review. And then there will be the ones filled with spoilers. So if you're listening to the spoiler-filled one, all the spoilers that we're going to talk about are going to be at the end of the review here, which we'll get into the kind of the nitty-gritty of the story elements and things that happened. But otherwise, um, I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, we're, we're kind of looking forward to this because we want to start doing more reviews and getting more content out there for you guys. So let's go ahead and get into this. So Three From Hell, like I said had a limited release through Fathom Events. It was in theaters for three days um, uh, this week, actually. So Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week. And each night they had something different. So the first night, if you went, you got a free poster with it. Second night, they did a feature, kind of a behind-the-scenes documentary. I think you said it was about 40 minutes long, Ted. Is that correct? It was around 40 minutes to an hour, yeah. All right, perfect. And then... Uh, now we're recording this on Thursday. So last night was actually the tri- the the double feature where they showed Devil's Rejects and Three from Hell. Um, mm. So that would have been kind of cool if if you got to see it that way to you know kind of get the whole story arc for that. Um, obviously, it was missing House of a Thousand Corpses, but you know you still got Devil's Rejects then going right into Three from Hell. So. How insane would that be if they did do all three movies? You'd be there till like one o'clock. Oh God, morning. that would have been. <laughs> that would have been great, though. I mean, because they're, yeah. they're they're great movies. Mm-hmm. You know, right off the bat, um, obviously, if you've been paying attention to, you know, what's been said about the movie, people are kind of divided regarding this movie. They're, they're like polar opposites. Either people loved it or they hated it. I, I know I use that a lot with a lot of different things, but literally... You either loved or hate this movie from what I've been seeing. Even even like with reviews, either, you know, like sites like IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, they've been like opposite ends too. Because right now through IMDb, it's sitting at like a 7.1. 
currently for IMDb, which is pretty good, for, especially for a horror movie. You know, you go to Rotten Tomatoes and it's it's not sitting good. It's at like at like forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's kind of all over the place, and that that seems to ring true with people and critics as well. Now, both me and Ted got to see it on Tuesday night, where they had the the documentary after after the showing of the movie, and I fucking love this movie. I absolutely love this movie. I did too. It was a great time. I thought it was gritty the way it needed to be gritty. I loved the cinematography. <clears throat> I loved the music, like we talked about. The music was fantastic in this in this movie. I cannot give it enough praise. I love the placement. I mean, Rob Zombie is perfect. I mean, you know, being a musician, he's perfect at knowing when to place music in certain scenes. <clears throat> like the scene when they introduce Baby in the uh, prison and they are escorting her to her parole hearing, you know, that I love that scene, slow motion, the music was perfect. Yeah, you get a lot of good music in this, and, you know, I've never been a big Rob Zombie fan music-wise, but his taste in music is fucking phenomenal, Mm -hmm. and you definitely get to see that on display, just like you did in Devil's Rejects, his music selection in this, because he was the music supervisor for this, Oh my God, it, like everything was perfect music-wise. Everything from the beginning up until the final end credits. The end song was great too. Like that, that yeah. everything about the music just made the movie that much better in my opinion. And it's fucking phenomenal. I, I don't know what else really to say, you know, uh, with regards to the music, but it's just fucking phenomenal. It really made the movie for me. Yeah. And you know what? The movie's an hour and 51 minutes long. It didn't feel that way to me, man. It went by the pacing. It went by really fast for me. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Wow, we're already it's already over." <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, that was that was the other thing cuz we were talking about that the other night too that it just felt like that was it. Yeah. And you didn't realize that fucking 2 hours had passed. Like when we we when me and my wife walked out of the theater, I looked at my phone just to see what time it was and I couldn't believe that it was fucking two hours long. I mean, this movie yeah. didn't have any previews or anything before it, so no. I knew for a fact that it was two fucking hours, and it 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 kept moving so well that it did not feel like two hours, and it was fun. It was a fun movie, yeah. and, you know, it, it really... In a way, it kind of made them like the heroes in the movie, mm-hmm. which was kind of weird, um, but it's- at the same time, it's kind of like you want them, to, you want to root for them just because of all the shit that they're being put through with regards to prison and mm-hmm. being chased and everything. Especially in that third so, act, you're, you're the third act. There's no doubt in in my mind. Oh yeah, or it shouldn't it shouldn't be a doubt in anybody's mind that you're supposed to be rooting for these people. <laughs> you're supposed to be rooting for the fireflies. Right. It was great. It was great. Every everything that they did here um, with the movie was phenomenal in my opinion. And, you know, obviously it's, it's well known that Sid Haig did not have a a huge role in the movie. We'll talk more about that in the spoiler section. If you're listening to the spoiler filled one, if not, you can definitely listen to that after you see the movie, if you want to, or if you, if you want it spoiled, you can switch over to that one. And we'll, we'll talk more about Sid Haig, but uh, Richard Brake was a very good, replacement choice. Oh, he was perfect. You know, for Sid, for Sid Haig. And his character, I felt, felt, you know, fell right in line with the Firefly gang and 
he fit right in perfectly mm-hmm. in my opinion with this. Oh, he did. It it it's he he played a great compliment to uh Bill Mosley's Otis. Yeah. So I I thought them playing off each other was phenomenal too and uh yeah, it it all worked for the good, you know, even though it sucked that Sid wasn't in the whole movie, it, w- it was a good consolation. And I-, I thought they did it well. And everything with how they handled the whole Sid situation, you know, I thought was done as best and tastefully as you could. Because, you know, Rob Zombie did an interview recently where he had talked about the reason why Sid wasn't because everybody was questioning if Sid was going to be in the movie. And obviously it became known. So this isn't really a spoiler if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it became known that Sid was not in the full movie. And the reason why was because at the time that they were about to begin production and start actually rolling film on it, Sid ended up in the hospital. He had already lost a bunch of weight. He was pretty sickly and stuff. And so Rob Zombie had to basically re not rewrite the whole movie because he basically the part that Richard Brake plays in this movie was meant to be Captain Spaulding, but he changed it enough to make it fit. And I thought he did a decent job with the circumstances and with the amount of time that he had to do this because he had to do this in a quick turnaround to basically fit Richard Brake's character in here. And I thought under the circumstances, they he handled it phenomenally, especially given the fact that this was meant to be a whole different character. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, kudos to Rob Zombie for that because he, he really handled that pretty well because that's a shitty situation to be in especially right before you're about to start filming yeah he even talked about that in the documentary about how you know they were getting ready to shoot and then you know sid's like you know i I can't do all this anymore you know physically so rob's like okay and uh rob said you know he scaled it back and then when they met and he real rob realized oh man he can't even do this without you know like you know physically he can't he can't do all this so he had to rethink everything at that point and, uh, you know, he, he did it. And like you said, I think he did a fantastic job with it. It was a fantastic <clears throat> job how he handled Spaulding's, um, Spaulding's character, given the small role. I enjoyed that. It makes me interested. I want to read, like, the full original script before he had to change it, you know, now. Right. Because, you know, some things had to be changed, like how, you know, Otis escaped prison and things like that. Cause I'm, I'm wondering what it was like or how it was written originally. Yeah. Now to kind of talk about probably my favorite part of this. And it was kind of a play on a scene that they did in devil's rejects. And I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but uh, Clint Howard's character, <laughs> Mr. Baggy Britches, <laughs> that was probably one of the funniest characters and it's so it was so funny but so sad at the same time i love clint howard (laughs) and like even all the cameos that they had in here because you had clint howard you know as mr baggy britches which was great yeah and then you had d wallace who was almost unrecognizable like you were saying when we were talking about this i didn't recognize her at first the first scene that she was in which we'll go into later uh, i didn't really i didn't like so i was like who is that seems familiar and then her next scene when uh she's with baby and it finally hit mm-hmm. and my brain finally clicked. And I said, Holy crap, that's D Wallace. And she, yeah. I was like, you know, she dyed her hair. She's wearing the glasses. I was like, who is this lady? It is. Oh, it is D Wallace. I was like, Oh, cool. That's a kudos to her. Cause in the documentary, it was her. I, she said it was her idea to dye her hair because 
she said, Rob, nobody's going to believe I'm like this horrible yeah. warden person with these perky blonde <laughs> hair, she said. So she's like, let me dye it brown or black or whatever. And so she did. And that, I mean, that made her unrecognizable right there, just having the the yeah. hair different. And then she has the glasses and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> She did a great job transforming herself, in my opinion. Oh God, yeah, and just the interactions with with Baby that she had, it was <laughs> it was fantastic. It was. They had so many different cameos and and whatnot, and it it they all felt like needed at the times that they were there. I mean, obviously, there's certain characters, you know, from previous movies that were in there that you, that made you want to see more of. Yeah, overall, it was it was nice throwback to a, a bunch of different things that they had in there, and it was it was great. I, yeah, I, I really don't know what else to say other than that this movie was fucking phenomenal. I, if I were if I were to rank these movies, you know, this would probably be right up there with Devil's Rejects because. You know, I, Devil's Rejects is my favorite Rob Zombie movie, bar none, but it's right up there. Uh, and and that's really saying something, because just in all honesty, his earlier work is great. You know, House of Thousand Corpses, um, Devil's Rejects, the first Halloween, everything after that, I fucking hated. Like, Halloween 2 was a trash fire, in my opinion. <laughs> you had Lords of Salem, which was fucking boring. And then you had 31, which that was just fucking dull, too. So this, for me, I feel is like a return to form for, for Rob Zombie and and his filmmaking. And it makes me excited for what he might be able to do next. You know, are they going to continue this storyline with mm-hmm. how things may have left off? Or, you know, you know, what is he going to do n- next? Like, you were talking about, like, what if he gets to make that boxer movie finally? You yeah, know, the, the it, it, it's interesting Rex, to see. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens next, because I, I think this could be a good resurgence for him for making movies, and I, I'm excited. Yeah, I think uh, out, of, out of the whole Firefly, uh, Firefly franchise, I think this one's my favorite. I, I, was, I really was sucked into the, the story in the beginning. Um, I, yeah. I, I think, you know, I love Devil's Rejects. I like, you know, House of Thousand Corpses. Those movies I, I really enjoy. I think this one is my favorite though the way it was just handled i i loved it i love the whole i guess because I, I like to watch documentaries about different things and the movie you know the beginning of the movie has that documentary feel to it and and it's like the charles manson s thing which is not a spoiler because that's in the trailer you know free the three free the yep. three and all that type of stuff and so that really sucked me into the movie right from the get-go and i was just like oh this is great you know the aftermath of rejects we're seeing everything that happened Honestly, if if you enjoyed um, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, I think you probably will enjoy this. But like I said, it it seems like people are either loving or hating it. Even ones that loved the original two movies, some are hating it. But I would say give it a shot. Check it out. Comes out October 15th on Blu-ray DVD. And it's actually getting a 4K Blu-ray release if I was reading that right. Yeah, I saw that too. Which uh, I'm excited for, because being able to see that on my 4K TV would be nice, too. So, <laughs> you know, definitely check it out, because I, I I, really think it should be given a chance, because obviously it didn't get the theatrical run that everybody would have wanted, because obviously it was ind- independently financed and whatnot. So yeah. I think you, everybody should give it a chance, and, you know, just check it out. Even if you wait for it to show up on a streaming service or whatever the case may be, check it out, you know. Support horror. I, I think you really, everybody should be supporting horror. 
you know, when it's made, especially if it's, if it's being done decently, then this was done decently. And, you know, the love that he put into this, I, I can fully see it, yeah. you know, cause he really loves these characters. And I think the story that he told was great, you know, and I, I'm sure other people are going to disagree with me and, you know, that's, that's fine. Cause everybody can have their opinion on it, but I, I really believe he did a wonderful job with this movie. I do too. I agree. You know, it took him 14 years to revisit these characters and revisit this world that he created back in what, 2000 because, you know, the House of a Thousand Corpses yeah. was filmed in 2000, but it didn't get released until 2003. So I guess yep. you, you basically for him, it's like it's been a 20 year franchise essentially for him. I mean, so but you can tell That's, I mean, he didn't yeah. he didn't just revisit this automatically like in. You know, after Devil's Rejects, he's like, okay, I'm going to make another one. Uh, he went off to do uh, the Halloween movies he did and other stuff. Um, so, you know, he took his time with it until he got, like, an idea that he figured that he could, you know, um, logically uh, make ground as grounded as he can make it grounded. Because I know that's kind of one of the uh, pet peeves that people are saying, the beginning about how... You know, how how are they still alive after the end of uh, Devil's Rejects? Because they, you know, charge the police mm. and, you know, not getting shot up. And I was like, well, this was the most realistic way it was handled. So <laughs> I, I did not yeah. mind it at all. <clears throat> no, definitely not. I think without giving out any more spoilers, I mean, that's really kind of what we can say about it. It's, it's, it's a good flick. I, I really think you guys would enjoy it if you checked it out and just gave it a chance. And uh, now let's get into the good stuff. Yes. So, all right. <laughs> so to start off here, now we're getting to the spoilery stuff. This is the good stuff that we want to talk about. So now let's start off with talking about Sid Haig. Mm-hmm. So obviously Spalding's not in, in it the whole movie. He gets basically a scene, you know, with him in the jail cell, which which that was online already. So if you haven't seen it, you can definitely check that out. Um, basically, they almost showed the full scene of him getting in- interviewed for this documentary that they show actually at the beginning of the movie. So they, there's like a whole documentary that they did on the three and how they survived and, you know, because they didn't die from the bullets. You know, I, I know there was talk in the beginning about, you know, you know, are they just being spit back out from hell because they're just too evil and, and all that? No, it's nothing supernatural or anything like that. It's no. straight up. They got shot, they survived, and they recovered, and now they're in jail. Yeah, they each had like 20 bullet wounds, I believe, is what the movie said. <laughs> they each had like 20. Yeah. So, and then they, they just survived. It was survived. something like that. It was just dumb luck that they survived. That's that's all there is to yeah. it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so basically, Spalding gets this you know scene where he's doing the interview, and then they cut in and talk about how he was the first to be executed. So they did end up killing off Spalding just because of you know, Sid's health and whatnot and him not being able to do the full movie, which I thought was kind of fitting that it, it kind of puts a blow to their group. Yeah. Cause like one of them got killed and you know, you see that towards the end of the movie when, you know, they're getting ready or they're in the middle of the firefighter or I mean, it might be right before the, the final firefight the night before or something like that. Um, where baby's kind of just missing Spalding. Cause obviously He's her father yeah. in, in this franchise. I so. love that scene. Um, yeah, I thought that was a good huma- callback. Yeah, bring and gives her uh, humanity. Also, she's like, I mean, it wasn't just him too. She was like, you know, everybody's gone. You know, Tiny's gone. Uh, Rufus yeah. is gone. Mom's gone. Now, 
now Spalding's gone. It's like there's yeah. there's nowhere yeah, everybody's dead now. Yeah, it was it was it was a nice way to kind of bring him back into the fold towards the end there, just kind of reminiscing, you know, with Otis and yeah. uh Foxy was kind of there too. So Spalding does die. Now Baby and Otis get locked up, obviously, and they're they're all on death row. So Spalding was the first to die by lethal injection on de- death row. Now Otis is put on work duty. I don't know what now this is one of the things that kind of it kind of got me a little irritated because I'm like, why would a death row inmate be doing work duty outside of a prison? Yeah, they wouldn't be. But, you know, yeah. But that's, that's, it's a horror movie. If you're expecting fucking logic in a horror movie, then yeah, you're, you're not in the right area. So I, I, I let that go pretty quickly. So basically, um, Danny Trejo's character, you know, was in that scene with the, the work scene. And basically it's just a massacre. Yeah. So it's it's so this is still during the uh the scene the scene in the beginning where they're doing the documentary about the three and uh it talks about how Otis escaped prison and they they had, you know, some camera footage basically, quote unquote, that was you know, the real footage of his escape and all that and it shows him killing Danny Trejo and, you know, Foxy shows up and Foxy is Richard Brake's character in the movie. Mhm who is uh, Otis's half-brother. So he shows up to break him out. They kill everybody, you know, all the police, all the inmates, and it shows, you know, Otis killing Danny Trejo and whatnot. And that's going to play into the movie later on. And so he escapes with him. So that just leaves Baby in prison. And then you get to Baby, and you find out how batshit crazy she is gone. She has deteriorated horribly. <laughs> Being in prison, locked up, has messed with her mind. Like that one scene when she's yep. looking at the vent, she sees a like cat person just doing ballet, dancing. Yeah, just doing yep. ballet. She's like, "Come back!" When like the curtains, the curtains close. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was just like, she lost it. And then she starts crying, and you're just like, "Oh, I feel sorry for her." I'm like, this is a horrible serial killer, and I'm feeling sorry for her. <laughs> I was like, "Good job, Rob. right? Good job, Rob." <laughs> You did it. <laughs> My- <laughs> so here's the thing with, with, with Sherry Moon Zombie. She is not the greatest actor. But what Rob did with her in this movie was fantastic. Because She's it great really as just, Baby. I thought just, she was always great as Baby. Her portrayal as Baby, for me, has always been mediocre. Mm-hmm. But with this movie, with her just being batshit crazy and just really going for it, <laughs> really made it for me. It It really made it just great uh and i don't think anybody else could have done that role justice you know can we talk about sean Wayland's small scene <laughs> he's like you know you, you look like that girl that they're looking for on tv but yeah you can't be it actually i am that girl <laughs> i was like oh gosh <laughs> and then he's like well i gotta that go almost... <laughs> she pulls out the yeah. knife i still want to party he's like i, I don't yeah <laughs> the scene changes <laughs> Oh, it was perfect. God, that whole that whole thing was a great callback to Devil's Rejects. Like when <laughs> she met up with the old dude, that was a part of the yeah. country do uh, you know band and whatnot. The banjo but, Sullivan, yeah, that was yeah, great. Whatever they call themselves. <laughs> yep, banjo and Sullivan. Yeah, banjo yep. and Sullivan. <laughs> so, so that was good. That was a good callback. Actually, this movie had quite a few callbacks. Um, you know, you had the the scene at the house with Mr. Baggy Britches. That was yeah. a good callback to the the motel room with Banjo and Sullivan as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that whole that whole actually, area about, felt like it. That to me that was yeah. that was the only real horror aspect of this movie. I don't consider this movie like a full on horror film. I consider it more right. of like like the Devil's Rejects it has that like just like a violent uh, spaghetti western feel to it. This one almost has yep. that same feeling, especially you know when they go to Mexico in the last act of the movie to hide out. It, it doesn't feel yeah. like a horror film anymore. It just feels like a just these crazy people are are just on the run. It's like almost like a, a an insane. It's an insane road trip essentially is what it is. Pretty much, and it was it was really well done. Especially that scene. That was probably my favorite scene in the movie. Is uh when you know Otis and Foxy show up at the warden's house, mm-hmm. and this is the warden of the prison where Baby's at. Yeah, and Baby's I I, I didn't I didn't state this in the beginning, but Baby is uh, has been in prison for ten years, so she's been in the prison the longest out of anybody, which is why she's gone so batshit crazy. And the warden keeps trying to break her and 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 stuff, and because like D Wallace's character like tried to get baby killed, you know, by two other inmates. Yeah. Just cause she's that sadistic. And the warden kept trying to find out who let you out of solitary confinement. And she wouldn't tell even, you know, on, on her and D walls like stitches get stitches yes. and all this shit. It was, <laughs> it was just great. But back to the, the, the house scene. So they show up at the warden's house, you know, they have, I don't even know who that was, his his colleague or something from the prison or something like that. Or that, that was one of the board members it was, it was one of the, that did the parole. Yeah, it was one of the parole board members. Yeah, so the one of the parole board members is coming with the, the warden uh, of the prison to his house. And I'm guessing they're getting ready to have it like a dinner party or something like that. Something, so because Mr. Bagley... They find their... <laughs> yeah, so they're... Their wives are tied up to chairs at the the dinner table, and they're wondering what the fuck's going on. And then here comes Otis and Foxy, and you know, kind of shit ensues. And Mister Baggy Britches ends up showing up. So this, so this is Clint <laughs> Howard's scene, in my opinion, because all of a sudden they're they're sitting there talking about how they're gonna break baby out of prison, and then the doorbell rings. So uh, was it Foxy that went to the door, or was it no? It was Otis. It was Otis. Otis went to the door. It was Otis? Yeah. Okay. So Otis goes to the door, opens the door, and it's him sitting there. And then, you know, Otis has the gun pulled on him. And Clint <laughs> Howard's just like, oh, shit, what the fuck yeah. am I getting into now? <laughs> so he gets made to be brought inside. And he's like, you know, I can leave. You know, I I, I won't. Ha- I don't have to say anything to anybody. I can just be like I was never here and whatnot. And basically they make him perform a show for them because they said that he can leave if he makes Otis laugh. Yeah. And so he puts on this terrible like clown music, starts doing these stupid tricks, trying to make Otis laugh. And, you know, obviously nobody's laughing and it gets to the point where Otis is like, this is enough. Basically stands up and points the gun at him. Like he's going to shoot him and he pisses his pants. <laughs> yes. And that makes Otis that makes laugh. Otis laugh. <laughs> He's like, "God damn it, you made me laugh." I <laughs> guess I gotta let you go. He's like, uh, "I can go." He's like, "Yeah, you can go to clown Shoots heaven." Him in and the head. Pops him right in the fucking middle of the head. <laughs> poor, I'm like, "Oh, poor, poor Clint Howard." Howard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just can't get a break. 
Oh my god, that that scene. That was hilarious. Oh, and then, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it was. Where they actually get baby out so of then, prison. I, I love, I love that scene. I, I just want to say this quickly before I just believe my brain. But the, uh, when, uh, yeah, when baby has to chase down one of the wives after the, you know, chaos is breaking out at the warden's house and she takes off running. Um, I say one of the warden's wives. It's the parole board guy's wife. You know, she's running out of the house yep. trying to get away. <laughs> Baby chases after her, catches up to her, stabs her to death, looks up. There's this, like, old lady with an oxygen chain- tank smoking a cigarette. And then Baby just waves <laughs> hi to her. And the old lady waves back. <laughs> Baby comes back. He's like, I think we need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> so basically... Yeah, that 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 was great. That whole chasing, and it, especially in the slow motion of her chasing her out of the the um, yeah. house, because this lady grabs a fucking knife, thinking she's gonna go knife to knife with with baby, yeah. and baby just pulls out a bigger knife <laughs> and just starts chasing her out. And it's in slow motion. It's got this like I think it was classical music that they had playing at that point or something. <laughs> I don't quite remember, but it was it was great nonetheless. And then just her just tackling her in the front yard and just start just stabbing the shit out of her. And that old lady scene, her that was great. <laughs> but basically, the warden, the board member, and their wives all die. And you know, cops start showing up and they take off. Yeah. And so baby sees like this Native American garb, you know, on display. So she grabs this headdress and this bow and arrow and, and stuff, which comes into play oh, later. Yes, it does. And <laughs> yes, it does. And it's great. It's phenomenal. And so they take off. And so this is where, you know, they're driving and whatnot. And they end up, uh, at the, the motel where the whole Sean Whalen scene, uh, happened. And this was kind of like a, a play also on another scene in devil's rejects where they're the tootie fucking fruity thing where they're driving it, that kind of had that whole same kind of what their discussion and whatnot. It had that same kind of feel oh, yeah, about the as, um, yep. Baby Cause they didn't want baby to, or that was great. That was a good play on that. I can and, drive. Like all these. Yeah. All these scenes with, uh, Foxy's character, you can tell that Spalding would have fit perfectly in those. So that's, that's how you can tell yeah. that. It was definitely written for Spalding. Like the night blindness. But like line. I said, <laughs> it's hard when yep. you're the one doing all the driving. Well, I'm sorry. I've got night blindness. Detached retinas sucks to have, man. <laughs> I was like, this is great. <laughs> Just bickering like a family. That's all they're doing. <laughs> yep. So... The whole, the, so they get a motel at this rundown, just danky motel. And the whole scene with baby happens with Sean Whalen. Yeah. And, you know, she obviously kills him and, you know, carves something into his head. What what did she carve into his head? I don't remember. Grape, because he, he bought her a grape soda. Because she's like, I know a party, but will you buy me a soda? And he's like, yeah, sure. She wanted grape. <laughs> that whole scene. That's he's right. like, That's she's right. like, I want something that'll make me pop. And he's like, uh. A cola? No. Orange? No. <laughs> Grape? Yeah. <laughs> That's how nuts he is. It was and great. Then, and, his, and then written so on the Coke machine, or it was the ice machine, she wrote, Baby was here in blood. <laughs> too. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that, but oh, yeah, man. that was great too. <laughs> I, I, I didn't catch that. It was so quick that it happened. <laughs> 
So basically, she goes back up to the motel room. They see that she's got blood on them and figure out they need to fucking leave again. So they were getting ready to rest and have a relaxing night and baby had to fuck it up. So they leave. And at this point, they decide it's probably best if they go south of the border. So they because they start driving and trying to figure out where they can go. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we're just going to go to Mexico. So they fucking go to Mexico and they find this rundown town where they can hold up and whatnot. Celebrating and, the day of the you know, day. Because they're all wearing yep, face paint and the all day that the stuff. Yep. So this is kind of a small little town. It's it's really run down too. And so they go to the hotel or the motel or whatever the fuck it is. It's really a nasty place that no human should fucking sleep in. But <laughs> basically this guy runs the hotel, the bar, everything. He's kind of the sheriff undertaker, kind of foreshadowing there. Well, him talking about being the undertaker. And so they get a room from him and, you know, they, uh, then he has his helper come out. Who's a little small person. Yes. It's, it's it's the same guy who was the, uh, the small clown in uh, 31. It's the same actor. There you go. And so he, he's got an eye patch and everything and he helps baby take her stuff up to her room. I like the relationship. The room or whatever. That yeah, I was right I was really bummed when he got fucking killed. Yeah. I, I thought he would have been like a great little addition to their clan. Little addition. <laughs> wink wink. Because they actually started forming a bond and really getting to know each other and becoming friends and Yeah, because Baby had talked about how uh, he had reminded her of Tiny. Yeah. And Tiny, if if you haven't seen House of a Thousand Corpses <laughs> or tiny. Devil's Rejects, <laughs> Tiny was, no, Tiny is really huge and thought, you know, what was it, thought he was ugly or, or something like that or... Yeah, he always covered or, himself basically, up. Basically, yeah, always covered himself up, thought of, basically thought less of himself. And Baby really saw that in him and just kind of how he reminded her of, of, of Tiny, her the brother. Same vibe so is what she that's had. kind of how that Y'all bond. The same vibe. Yeah. Yep. So they, they kind of became friends. And so and while this is all happening, that the motel, or the motel owner or whatever, he ends up making a call. He recognizes to, who they are. Yes. He recognizes who they are, obviously, because there's like a nationwide manhunt. Mm-hmm. And he calls the son of Danny Trejo's character. Now, his son runs a gang called the Black Satans and basically talks about how, you know, I have something that you want, yada, yada, yada. You know, I want 10 grand, basically. And it's a done deal. He said, you'll give him the money. And he said to have three coffins ready, basically. So flash to that night, they're partying it up. Because it's Day of the Dead and all that, and you know everybody's got face paint on, and baby wins the knife. The bar owner, (laughs) baby wins the knife fight because there's a knife throwing contest, and the guys didn't think that she could do it, and she fucking whooped them all. Bullseye, and then great. (laughs) Yep, that was that was phenomenal. That was that was a great scene. And then Otis and Foxy get their rocks off with some hookers, basically. And that was that was funny as hell because Otis <laughs> is just hilarious in anything. Anything Bill Mosley does is fucking funny. It's it's just great. It's just his quirkiness that he brings to it is just so nutty. It's it's great. So they they basically have a good night and they go to sleep and 
So the the little dude brings baby some breakfast in the morning, some beans. and they're talking some more. <laughs> yep, some rice and beans, and they're talking. While Foxy and Otis are kind of just waking up from, you know, their night of debauchery. (laughs) And the owner of the hotel, the bar and all that, he's standing out in the middle of the road, just kind of looking around, watching. So a car pulls up with three uh, coffins in the back. So they're getting the coffins ready. They bring them out, you know, and hide them. Then two vans pull up and out come these guys dressed in suits with luchador masks on. And they've got guns and everything. And then the owner's pointing out where each of the Firefly gang is. And Baby's at this point looking out the window. Yeah. And she's mentions, why is he pointing at me? And then the, the little dude looks out the window and he's like, you know, those are the Black Satans. You know, they're here to kill somebody. And they're probably here to kill you. He's like, hide and I'll go let the other two know. So he goes down to let the other two know and... You know, fucking shit just starts going off. Yeah, like everything all, hits like the, the fan. hookers end up getting yeah, killed. Everything just hits the fan. Yeah, Foxy ends up saving Otis as Otis only has one bullet left, and you know then uh, Otis returns the favor by using that last bullet to kill another make guy. Sure that, they're dead. You know, Foxy missed. <laughs> it's yeah, basically make sure they're dead. It's basically um, Foxy <laughs> trying to like outdo his brother. Like, haha, see what I did? I did it better than you. And then. And then Otis is just like, oh, yeah, he's not dead yet. Because he points the gun and Foxy's like, what the? Thinking he's about to shoot him. But now nah, he shoots behind him. That's when Otis is like, you idiot. Make sure they're dead first. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> just, just more bickering is basically what it is. Sib- sibling rivalry, essentially. And then yes. you have Baby just taking out everybody with that bow and arrow. is so awesome with... Indigata oh, Devita. She was a badass. Yeah, the Indigata Devita playing on the record on the record player. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was so great. She's just nailing these guys in the head, the necks, and just choo, choo, you know, and I was just like, this is the best <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> that first scene when you find out that she's wearing that headdress and standing behind yes! that door, though, that was the yes. best. Because the guy one of the luchador guys comes in the room with his, you know, semi-automatic or whatever the fuck it is. And he's looking around cause the, there's like a clapping monkey on a table <laughs> yes. and the door slowly closes from behind him as he's distracted. And she's got that bow just drawn yeah. and just right through the fucking neck. She's on top of that dresser. <laughs> I thought she was going to come out of that closet yes. cause that closet door is wide open, but now nah, she was on top of that dresser yep. behind that door. And then the door closed and there she is. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> And she just went, was so good. <laughs> Nailed him. It was great. Oh, man, that whole ending is so She wild. went all like, oh, my God, it was so good. Because she went all Hitman-like. Like, she was fucking stalking around and yeah. just silently just taking people out. While Otis and <laughs> Foxy were just being loud and obnoxious <laughs> about it. It was a great combination in that scene. And it was, it was a... Very good firefight. And then it comes to the end, and they obviously get captured uh, and tied up at a fountain. And Otis, because what happened is Foxy and, and Baby got captured. Yeah. And then Otis uh, went after the, the owner of the bar because he tried leaving with the money. Yeah. 
And he's like, where the fuck are you? Basically, where the fuck that, are you that going? That bar owner then, is great, too, the way he talks. <laughs> he's, like, about to yes. cry. <laughs> it's not fair, I just told you. He's just blubbering. <laughs> it's just so great. He's, he's, <laughs> and he's trying to... <laughs> He's trying to make a deal with Otis, like, we, we could split a 50-50. How about 60-40? 70-30. 70 How about you take it all? That's great. Uh, and then, because at this point, Otis has one of those, you know, machine guns or semi-machine yeah. guns or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, they, they make a deal and, you know... Otis said he was going to let him live, and obviously he didn't make, let him live, because he fucking shot him right then point and there, and range, just kept shooting yeah. him as... Yep, and he did not stop. <laughs> just just unloaded that whole clip in him. <laughs> it's like, you deserve that, motherfucker. <laughs> and so, they're trying to find Otis, basically, because they've got Baby and Foxy tied up at a fountain. And Otis comes out, and, you know, wants them to throw down the gun and all that shit and you know take his you know beatings and be killed and whatnot and he's trying to reason with the guy to get baby to be released yeah. and you know just, she had just nothing to do with take it. take us let her go yep because she didn't she didn't kill rondo she wasn't even there so <laughs> yep so that happens and it comes down to the point that the like the biggest luchador oh, the dude there fight. is the, like the machete you know, fight i mean the knife yeah, fight so awesome too yep and it's sebastian so sebastian he didn't coming out and sebastian's the name of the little guy he uh comes yes out. thank you because i couldn't remember his name <laughs> he came out and because he because he got injured early on and during the fight in the um oh yeah because he got yeah, shot i forgot Rondo's about that son whose name i believe his name was aquarius or something like that He's just like, no, nah, I'm not. Something I'm not like even going to waste a bullet on you. And so he's still alive. So he comes out and helps uh, cut the ropes for Foxy and uh, Baby. And then again, it just gets crazy again. <laughs> right there. Of course, yeah. Sebastian gets shot in the head sadly and dies. And I was like, oh. I yeah. that that was the one part I was really sad about because I, I didn't want him to die. I wanted him to ride off in the sunset yeah. with them. And I thought that would have been perfect. This character is great. But no, yeah, he. Yeah, he was great in this, and so he died, but he cut Baby loose and, and Foxy loose, and, you know, Otis is just kicked the shit out of that dude and just ended up killing him with the machete, <laughs> and so everybody's dead except for, you know, Rondo's son, and, you know, it cuts to the next scene where they're looking down at him, and he's tied up in the fucking coffin. Yep. Otis pours the gasoline on him. And asks him if he's got any final words. And what what did he say? He said "f you." Uh, fuck yeah. you or something no, that's like that. A, the standard. That's so funny because there's like, yeah. how long are we gonna wait until I see that look in his eye when he breaks? That's right. That's what I was. Missing. And, and, uh, Foxy's like, "Is that it? <laughs> no. Was that it?" And he's like, "Yep, that was it right there." Because he's gonna really, he's starting to realize what's gonna happen to him. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I mean, it's so good because the actor he's just sitting there and you can actually see the change in his eyes right there like like something yes. just, it's, it's like something just snapped very subtle but it happened and that's what Otis it's with Foxy smiles Otis smiles and Foxy like was that it and he says yep that was it <laughs> <laughs> they pour gasoline on him and light him on fire <laughs> Live. and then just walked Walk away. away roll credits in the movie <laughs> that's how the movie ends and no Marvel bullcrap in credit scene like everybody wants to do nowadays. So thank you, Rob Zombie, for nope. that. Nope. They just 
they just ended it with a great song yep. by uh, Terry Reed. Yep. I mean, it was the perfect song, just with a montage of them just driving. Oh, off. we forgot one one thing. It was a perfect ending. The, the hunter, the hunters that yeah. found Foxy and Otis in the beginning, when uh, Fo- or they found Foxy That's asleep. Right. In the, the Otis comes up behind the hunter and just basically blows his head off with a shotgun. <laughs> It takes her and like uh, cuts her face off and leaves her tied up to a tree with her face hanging on one of the That's right. I forgot about yeah. that. That's that's the thing with this movie. There there's just so much in there, but it wasn't like overdone for like scenes and whatnot. There's just so much in there that you it's so easy to miss something. And that's why it was paced so perfectly. It just it didn't feel like it was a long movie, even though it was two hours long. It was it was so well done. Yeah. But yeah, so they ride off into the sunset. And that's kind of it. it. And they ended on a great song. I mean, the music, like we said in the beginning, music was a very, very, very key focal point of this movie. And it was very well, you know, chosen by Rob Zombie, you know, for the the music to use in this. It was it was phenomenal. Just like Devil's Rejects, the music choices were just great. Overall, awesome movie. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. If I were to, to rate this movie out of, you know, just say out of five. You know, one obviously being a shit fire and five being excellent. I would give it probably a 4.5 for a horror movie. I would give it my top. I would give it five if I had to rate it one through five. I would get five because I loved everything about it. Music, cinematography, I loved the acting in it. The humor in it was great. I loved just yeah. the scenes of them just being a family like Otis, Foxy, just playing cards in the hotel room. And babies just babies yep. watching TV. She's watching like an old Bella Lugosi movie. I'm yeah. bored. <laughs> She's like, I'm bored. She just keeps saying that. I'm bored. He's like, where are you going? I'm going to get a drink. Yeah, you know, everybody knows our faces. You know, we're, we're wanted right now. I don't think you should be wandering off. Just 10 minutes, man. I just want to get a drink. <laughs> like, <laughs> stuff like that. I just love it. Everything was, I thought everything was just perfect. Yeah. It was great. And uh, I, I, I highly recommend it. I cannot wait till next month when the blue comes out so I can watch it again. And definitely. again and again and again. And again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, if you guys have been able to see this, you know, in the limited release that they had, let us know through either Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find us at CLS Podcast. We'd love to know what you guys thought of this movie or if you're planning on seeing it when it comes out on Blu-ray next month. You know, keep in touch with us. If, if you like this format of us doing movie reviews, you know, let us know. If, if there's any movies you want us to review, let us know. Because we, we, we want to add more content just besides our normal podcast every week. And I, th- I thought that this would be a good way to do it is by doing movie reviews. And I think this was fun. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that we do this again here soon. So, you know, until next time, our normal episode will be up this weekend uh probably more like monday morning so you can look forward to that we'll be talking about short films and and fan films so we're excited for that we'll have our first guest on there so until next time keep it crazy guys and we'll talk to you later adios thanks for joining us today for the cls podcast check us out at www.clspodcast.com or join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag CLS Podcast. Until next time, stay safe, campers. Campers.